Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk with creative Mississippians. I'm your host, Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today we've got a bit of a double feature. We're talking with two new MAC staff members, Ellie Banks, our new Communications Director, and Lauren Rhodes, our Director of Grants. And first I'm going to be talking with Lauren. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you for having me, Leslie. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to get to learn more about you as a creative person. Um, So let's start at the beginning of life. Where'd you grow up? (laughs) I grew up in Denver, Colorado. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I'm from Colorado. Uh, Went to college at University of Colorado. So yeah, lived there for the first 22 years of my life. I was, but you have family in D.C. I think I was thinking you grew up in D.C. I do not have any immediate family who lives in Colorado anymore. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Neither of my parents were from there, so I don't have a lot of roots there anymore. Um, My my mom lives in D.C. My dad lives in Kansas City, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Colorado, what was growing up in Colorado like? I mean, most of my childhood was in the suburbs, um, so it was a very suburban uh existence kind of like pleasant ish um but you know it's colorado it's very different climate than mississippi um yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> can only imagine <laughs> but well, it was a nice but, you know yeah. it was a nice childhood um were, were the arts a big part of your life growing up i was lucky that i went to a high school that um, and a, a school district that had funding and support for the arts. And so I did jazz band all throughout high school and marching band. I was in the percussion ensemble. I don't play music anymore, but it was definitely a big part of my of my childhood playing piano, um, being oh, jazz band cool. and percussion ensemble. So yeah, yeah. Very cool. Lucky enough to do that. Very cool. So I have to ask what brought you to Mississippi? So I moved here for an AmeriCorps position, um, Food Corps, which we were building school gardens and teaching kids about nutrition. So I moved to Mississippi to do that and did that for about three years um, and just loved it here and stuck around. So what areas of Mississippi were you working in with Food Corps? I was here in Jackson. So I was um, at Rains Elementary School Mm -hmm. and Magnolia Speech School and then was um, our, our Food Corps state fellow, so kind of overseeing our, uh, our team of Food Corps service members in the state. That's really cool. Was it, how was the cultural difference? Like, was it culture shock? Was it an immediate difference that you were like, whoa, where am I? <laughs> it, was a, it was definitely a culture shock, but not in a bad way. I mean, I was just kind of like, you know, blown away by just the amazing people I met and um, you know I was I was doing gardens with kids so it was like learning a whole new ecosystem and um, understanding the school system here and 
Um, but it was all really fun just kind of getting to know Mississippi and the music and the history and culture. So that's awesome. Yeah. And you're still here. And I'm still here 10 years later. So before you came, because you joined us, has it been in two, three months now you've been at Mac? Since May. Since May? So, yeah. So you joined us here as our director of grants. Before that, you also had a very Mississippi job. <laughs> what was that? So I, before coming to Mac, I was the uh, director of the Dorwelty House and Garden, um, which is a wonderful literary house a museum here in Jackson and it's um, part of the Mississippi Department of Archives and History and it's um, preserved to look as though Eudora Welty were still living there um, like it did in the 1980s so it's it was a, a great a great job. Um, did you get to, to work. talk to a lot of people who were Mississippi writers that came through there interested in Eudora Welty? Yeah I did. I um, some really famous writers actually came yeah. through. The, the most famous person I ever met on a tour was uh, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Oh, came, wow. came for book festival one year. Um, but, you know, writers of all kinds and creatives of all kinds come, come through the Welty House. Mm. And, um, yeah, and just, you know, people that don't even know who Eudora Welty was and saw you know on TripAdvisor and just were curious so it's kind of cool the array of different people that I was able to meet it's a cool place I, I have been on the tour it's wonderful do you have a favorite um Eudora Welty piece of writing or story about her or quote or just anything about her my favorite work that you know it's hard to pick a favorite work by Eudora Welty but one that I always recommend and come back to is her memoir, One Writer's Beginnings. It's short, it's very accessible, and if you haven't read any of her work, it gives you great insight into the, the writer who she was, and it gets you excited to read her fiction, too. Mm -hmm. um, and she writes about growing up in Jackson and Mississippi and what it is like to be a writer from Mississippi, which is just fascinating to me. So mm. um, I, I love that book, One Writer's Beginnings. That's my favorite one, too. Is I've it? A, one of my grad school professors, Gloria Baxter, she huge Eudora Welty fan, and she actually staged pieces of that. Oh, cool. And, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Um, so speaking of writing, you are a writer. So what, what's your, um, what, do you, what do you like to write? What's your genre? <laughs> so I'm mostly a nonfiction writer. Um, I like to write memoir and personal essay, and I, I have written some fiction and poetry, but I've always been drawn to the genre of creative nonfiction, um, so that's primarily what I, what I write. You recently had a piece published. Tell us about that. So, um, well, one thing that I've been working on is uh, um, an essay that's part of a collection of photographs um, called I don't I don't know if this is what you're referring to, but I d I'm not sure if it's the same thing. But I want to hear about. Okay, this. <laughs> so um, a, a photographer I met who actually will be a, a future Arts Hour guest, Tema Stoffer, um, is doing a wonderful project called Southern Fiction, and so I um, wrote a piece that's going to be part of that uh, book, just about the influences of Southern fiction in her photography project and Eudora Welty features in that as well. And so that was published recently um, in a, on a site called Salvation South. 
featuring Southern Writing. So that's one of my most recent projects. And then um, you might have been referring to this other piece. I've been working on a collection of essays, um, and one was recently published in... um, a place called Phoebe, a literary journal. I think journal. that's the one that I was, but, but okay. that's great. There's even more than I knew about. That's awesome. Um, so you studied writing in Mississippi, is that right? I did. So I um, got an MFA through the Mississippi University for Women, and they have a wonderful low residency mm-hmm. program, which means I was able to work full time and take classes online. Um, and do an occasional residency at the university. Um, and so just met a lot of wonderful people that were you know, my students in the program and also teachers. Um, so it was a, a really great experience. That's very cool. Um, you, if you're ready to talk about this, I would love for you, for you to tell us about your website you're working on, or is it a blog or? Yeah. I'm not sure what to call it. (laughs) It's kind of in between. So there is a a platform that's relatively new. It's taking off um, called Substack. And it's Substack is kind of in between a blog and a newsletter, um, an online magazine. Um, Basically, it's just another platform to get your writing out to the world. Um, And so I'm collaborating with a couple of fellow uh, Mississippi transplants um, to create an online magazine called Rooted and we'll be featuring the stories of Mississippi transplants so people who have moved to Mississippi or Mississippians who have moved away but are connected to the state in some way Mm. and um, one thing that I've you know that's in the news a lot and I I hear a lot about is brain drain Um, so talented Mm -hmm well-educated Mississippians who are leaving the state in droves. We have a really big problem of out-migration. And so I'm interested in kind of the counter-narrative of who are the amazing people that are making their homes in Mississippi and doing really cool work, Mm. um, making positive change in the state. And so um, I'm hoping that this site, which is not live yet, um, but is in the works will we'll help to feature those stories. I'm very excited about that. I want to read those stories. Cool, good. We need those like exciting, positive stories. Um, so speaking of, of Mississippi stories, because you've been so rooted in you know the Welty House and writers, who are, who are your favorite Mississippi writers? Or what are some things you would say, this is my list of recommendations you can't miss? Oh my God. (laughs) It's too many, I'm sure. No, well, (laughs) it's so funny because being from Colorado, you know, I was an English major too. Mm -hmm. And I always struggle to think of like Colorado writers. Mm -hmm. Um, A few come to mind, but I just don't, there's not that same culture, like literary culture. And I'm probably going to get, you know, some comments from people my friends in Denver, but there's just not the same literary culture in Colorado as there is here in Mississippi. And there's just like so many, we're just blessed with overflowing amounts of writers here in Mississippi. Um, of course, Eudora Welty, but also we have a lot of, you know, modern Mississippi writers, Casey Lehman, um, Jasmine Ward. Those are two of my favorites. Powerhouses. Yeah. (laughs) Natasha Trethaway. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Catherine uh, Pierce, our poet laureate, is just fabulous and talented. Uh, Beth Ann Fennelly, um, man, the list goes the on. The list and goes on. on and on. Yeah. I always love talking about it because it's just so, it's such a beautiful like list of people and, and their work. Um, so we just had the Mississippi Book Fest and you were able to moderate a panel. What was that? Tell us about that panel. So I moderated the Southern Fiction panel, which was really interesting. There was one author, um, Olivia Claire Friedman, mm-hmm. who uh, she's a professor at University of Southern Mississippi and just had a, a debut novel. Um, she's super talented. So she was the only Mississippian on the panel and a few other authors. Uh, well, actually, Steve Yarbrough, who is also a Mississippian, mm. but is no longer living in Mississippi. He's in Boston. Um, but just authors talking about what it means to be a writer in the South. It was really interesting to hear their thoughts on, you know, sense of place, which is really important in all of their work. Um, and the positives and negatives of being in the South and writing about the South. Um, and then who their inspirations were. And they were all fiction writers, but their genres kind of overlap with other specific Mm. types of fiction like speculative fiction or crime or suspense historical fiction so um they each had really unique perspectives and it was it was just cool to be part of the book festival which is really one of the best events we have here in the state it's one of my favorites it's huge did you did you get to meet any writers you were like you know being that you're a fan of that you didn't expect to get to meet Probably the most the most memorable was Jericho Brown, the oh, poet, wow. Jericho Brown, Pulitzer Prize winning poet. Um, he was in conversation with Beth Ann Fennelly mm-hmm. and just every sentence that came out of his mouth, I like wanted to write it down. Like he was just incredible and I was able to get him to sign a book. Um, so that was definitely That's a highlight. Cool. Yeah. That's so cool. This is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with two of the Mississippi Arts Commission staff members, Ellie Banks and Lauren Rhodes. Currently, I'm talking with our Director of Grants, Lauren Rhodes, who is also a writer. So Lauren, here's one of my favorite questions to ask people, is how does living in Mississippi kind of find its way into your work as an artist? That's a really 
wonderful question because I, I think sense of place is so important. And what's kind of counterintuitive is um, for my MFA program, you have to you know complete a, a book length work. And so my project was um, a collection of essays and it's really like a memoir in essays. And it's all about Colorado. Mm-hmm. But I think because I'm so immersed in writers who are really, you know, thinking about where they're from and their roots that it kind of forced me to go back to my own roots and think about how place, which I kind of, you know, discounted as like, oh, I grew up in the suburbs, you know, it's the same everywhere. Well, it's really like it's, mm. it does have a very specific way in which it shapes you. And so I think I was able to think more critically about my own childhood mm. and my own the culture where I grew up um, and think about how that shaped me. But one thing that I'm now that I have that kind of out of the way, <laughs> um, a project that I'm working on now, just a personal project is, uh, you know, what it means to be to live in Mississippi and not be from here. Um, what perspective that gives me. And so I'm 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 digging into those questions mm-hmm. now and um, haven't, you know, totally figured out how to answer them. But that's something I'm working on. I'm, I can't wait to read when you find those answers. I'm so I, I did grow up here. I moved away for a long time, but but came back. And I think I think that there is something about like you were talking about with Colorado, about not seeing the place you grew up in as clearly as you do once you leave it for a bit. Mm-hmm. It's such a different perspective. You need distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's there, like the air is, you know, but then when, when you leave and look at it from far away, it's you're like, oh, I am really made of that place. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, so I can't wait. I can't wait to read about that. And we're unfortunately going to run out of time because we have a, we have another person to talk to in just a minute, but before we end this conversation, I've, I've just got to know what are some things you've learned about or been, you know, amazed by or excited about in the arts in Mississippi since you've been here at the Mississippi Arts Commission? Well, I just didn't realize the diversity of all of the different community projects and art projects mm-hmm. that are happening around Mississippi. Um, I, I guess your position, Leslie, <laughs> is like one of, I think, one of the coolest positions, community development and all of our local arts councils throughout the state, just doing really incredible work. And so it's been, it's been fun to learn about that. I also was not, I, you know, I knew that we had an incredible folk life program here, mm-hmm. um, but learning from our folk life director, Maria Zering, about just you know, what our folk artists are doing around the state is also really cool. Um, so those are definitely two areas that I've really enjoyed learning more. Um, and each grantee that the Mississippi Arts Commission, you know, we have so many people that we come into contact with and partners around the state. Just everyone is doing such cool stuff. Um, that is definitely, I would say, highlight. That, yes, that's definitely, I, I agree with you 100%. The highlight of, of our jobs is seeing what people are doing in the field mm-hmm. um you know just getting to experience their stories through their art um one last question lauren i always love hearing what artists are uh, consuming as far as art goes so what are you listening to or watching or reading right now that you think everybody else should check out as well 
Well, I recently um, attended the uh, Medgar Evers Wiley lecture with um, Isabel Wilkerson, who wrote uh, The Warmth of Other Suns about the Great Migration. And I mean, it was just her talk was mind blowing. And so um, I'm, I'm currently listening to her book in audio version. And it's a, a wonderful narrator, too. And I highly recommend that. So that's that's definitely a especially if you live in Mississippi a must read just coming off of you know the Mississippi Museum of Art having that incredible mm-hmm. exhibit a movement in every direction about the the great were they tied together was her yes, talk tied and with that because that was her book that was published 10 years ago and mm-hmm. so um, she also wrote cast which was an Oprah book club but this was really about the great migration with the the art museum and the humanities council and yeah mm-hmm such an important topic. Wow, that's awesome. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for being here with us today. I cannot wait to see what comes with your online magazine and your upcoming writings. And I'm just excited to that I got to learn more about you and your work. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much, Leslie. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We're about to start the second portion of today's Double Feature Arts Hour. And now we're going to be talking with our new communications director, Ellie Banks. Ellie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So tell us, how long have you been at Mac now? I've been at Mac, I think, ooh, I think two months now. Just hit the ground running. Yeah, you know, just got started <laughs> and moving, and I'm loving it so far. Awesome. We're so happy to have you. So I want to learn more about you as, as a creative individual and also just as a person before you came to Mac. Where'd you grow up? Well, I was born in Newark, Delaware. Uh, it is Newark, not Newark. We're not New Jersey. Um, but I grew up there. I lived there till I was about eight years old. And then we moved to Tallahassee, Florida for a few years and then moved here to Mississippi when I was 12. So even though I wasn't born here, I'm a Mississippian. I mean, you're, you're official. Absolutely. Definitely official. So you grew up, you grew up in Mississippi. Where in Mississippi? Where'd you go to school? All that good stuff. Sure. I, uh, actually, when we moved here, we lived in Jackson for several years, uh, up in North Jackson, and it was great. I went to St. Joe for a few years, and then I finished up at Northwest Rankin High School, uh, is where I graduated. Were the arts part of your life growing up? Absolutely. Uh, My mom was a music teacher, so she taught music here in Jackson at St. Richard, and then she also taught uh, in the Northwest School District, Mm -hmm. Um, and she's a cellist. She plays the banjo. I mean, she plays the guitar. You name the instrument, she plays it, and... uh, my parents actually met in high school band really yes so they are high school sweethearts to some extent i guess um and it's just lovely i've i grew up with music i grew up with the arts and uh i continue that i've i did choir um in high school i did theater i was a thespian um and i love uh music and anything to do with arts I, I'm a theater person, so I love love hearing that you were a fellow fellow theater kid growing up. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't really get into it until college, but that's awesome. Because Northwest Rankin has, has a great theater program Wonderful, day. Wonderful theater program. Um, actually, while I was there my senior year, I did a duet acting piece at Tennessee Williams Festival. 
uh, with Neil Kelly, who has done a lot of work with New Stage here in town. Now he's in Chicago. He's amazing. Uh, and we actually won second place that year. That's awesome. I'm very proud of that. That was all Neil. It was not me. <laughs> he was fantastic, and I was just there. <laughs> well, that's definitely full circle because the Tennessee Williams Festival is actually one of our grantees. They're in my in my grantee program. Also, I used to take students to that when I taught at Power APAC. So great festival in Clarksdale. So glad it's been going for so long. Um, so So where did you go to college, and what did you study? Well, I started at Southern Miss, um, and I was a lost general studies major as a freshman. Um, and then, I guess it was my sophomore junior. It was my junior year. Uh, I switched over to Mississippi College. Found that I really my passion was communications, mm-hmm. and uh, graduated from there. I was really blessed uh, with the a op- lot of opportunity. And while I was there, I got to host and create my own new media conference and it was one of the first in the state whoa Uh, so i was really excited to be able to do that since back then it was 2008 i was really into social media doing a lot of tweet ups in the area and i was loving just everything going on in that community but i could never go to any of these conferences so Mm -hmm. having the opportunity to create my own and bring together the minds in mississippi that were really forward thinking was pretty amazing okay so tell us about the conference what was it called what happened what tell us all about it it was just a new media conference and uh we had several speakers um a librarian we had professors um just people within the community that were uh really trying to use social media um at the time and which was not many people Mm. um and a lot of people came to the conference a lot of business um leaders and I remember someone from LBT came and they took it back. And uh, one of the people at LBT actually told me later that I'm the reason they're on Twitter. (laughs) And I thought that was really cool for someone in college to be able to help bring social media into the light for the area. It was was pretty amazing. So let's talk a little bit about your, your path after Mississippi College. What happened after that? Well, I started working at Seaspire. I graduated in the middle of uh, the last, I guess, major mm-hmm. economic crisis. Uh, so there weren't many jobs, and I was really lucky to find a job at Seaspire mm-hmm. back then, Cellular South. I worked there in a store, in the Clinton store, and learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't my favorite job, I'll be honest. It was tough, but I am so glad I had all of the opportunities they gave me to learn um, just customer service and working with people. Um, And I worked there for about two years. I then went to the CELO agency, which Mm. is a uh, advertising firm here in Jackson. Uh, They do international media work, all sorts of things. But one of the, one of my favorite things that we did was the Mississippi Believe It campaign. And Mm. I got to help with that and getting information to schools, the posters out. um, And that was pretty cool. Uh, After that, I worked at Mississippi Public Broadcasting for just under five years. Mm -hmm. Didn't quite get my five-year pen, Mm -hmm. Um, but I loved MPB. MPB is where I did my internship in college. Um, I'm very, very, like MPB is still one of my favorite places on the planet, Mm -hmm. and I'm a member and I love Mississippi Public Broadcasting. So just to to go back just a little bit, tell us about the Believe It campaign in case anybody 
Sure. Uh, the Mississippi Believe It campaign is something that the CELO agency created, ooh, probably, I guess it was 2003, 2004, uh, Rick, if I got that wrong, I'm sorry. Um, but they they made this campaign, and many people may know it from the airport. Mm. I think the posters were in the airport for a long time. Um, and they talk about some of the great things about Mississippi. Um well-known artists, well-known musicians, um, some of the things that we've done, uh, like Stennis Space Center mm. being here. Um, it's just an all-around feel-good campaign for Mississippi. This is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker from the Mississippi Arts Commission, and today I've been talking with two of my colleagues. Earlier, Lauren Rhodes, our Director of Grants, and now I'm currently speaking with Ellie Banks, our Communications Director. Thank you again for being here, Ellie. Thank you. So we were talking about what you did before you joined us at MAC, and you uh, you worked for Mississippi Public Broadcasting, so you've been you've definitely done a lot of Mississippi work. And then after that, there was more Mississippi work, right? That's right. So about uh, three years ago, I uh, left MPB and I started working at the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. Uh, that was a really big step for me. Mm. Um, very different from Mississippi Public Broadcasting, mm. uh, but very fulfilling. The work that MDES does, uh, they are you know, helping people find jobs, mm. uh, which is very important, and it was very important during the pandemic. So we were helping people find work, we were helping people with their unemployment, mm. and that was very fulfilling for me um, during that time to be able to help somebody. Uh, during my time there, I got to work on a lot of different projects, a lot of internal projects, external projects. Um, but I was also really blessed to be able to go through their leadership program. Uh, and I actually served as the spokes, one of the spokespersons for our class. There were two of us, and we got to speak at our graduation. Uh, and it was wonderful. Um, I hope more places offer these leadership programs to their staff because it is very beneficial. And I was very, very blessed uh, for MDS to offer me that opportunity while I was there. So tell us about the leadership program. I don't know about that. Uh, the leadership program, um, it was like a year-long program where every, I think, once a quarter we went on a retreat and we got to learn about different aspects of leadership. Uh, we did this Five Dysfunctions of a Team. We read this book called Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm. And it really broke down all the things you need 
to have an effective team. Um, and that was very valuable, made you really think about how to work with others. Uh, we also did Seven Habits, which was great. And um, we also did the uh, Myers-Briggs. Mm -hmm. So we got to learn about our personalities and how to work with other personalities and our own faults, be able to identify that so we can work on and grow. So. Did you learn anything surprising about your own personality? Um, yeah, <laughs> like be a little bit more patient uh, and, you know, that kind of thing. I know that I need to work on that. Patience is always something good to work on. I think that's, I think we could all probably say that. Yes. <laughs> for sure. So, um, so coming here to the Mississippi Arts Commission, what does the job of the communications director look like? Mac. It has a lot of different things going on. Um, not only am I here working to help people, uh, help internally with uh, projects and sending out press releases, helping with our social media, giving direction there. I'm also planning the 2023 Governor's Arts Awards that's coming up in February. Um, I also work on the state's arts conference when that comes around. Um, a lot of different things helping keep the website updated and messaging about what we do here and most recently we launched a new brand which we were really excited about on september 1 we finally were able to launch a new brand and i'm really glad i was able to come in and help navigate that and push that out to the public so what does that mean? Like if somebody's maybe not um, a media person or a design person, what does a new brand mean? What does that mean for any agency? Sure. So we have a new logo. So we've updated our logo and it looks a little bit more like something. So if you've seen it, it's this really beautiful magnolia um, and it's styled like a quilt. Mm. It's very pretty. Um, so we have that aspect. We have a new font. We have new colors. There's a new pattern that we're utilizing in a lot of our materials. Uh, so that that's what it means for us. Um, and that would that's about that's about it. <laughs> very simple, but very um, helps give the brand identity. Helps give us some form of identity to the public. Wonderful. It, it really is beautiful. Um, and you can, where, where can people see it? Where can they see our new brand? They can see it at arts.ms.gov and you can see the new brand. Um, and I do want to say uh, we had a great group create it, Creative Distillery. We've been working with them and they did a wonderful job helping us uh, find our new look. Yes, very excited about that. Thank you. Um, so what are some of the most common questions that you get about the Arts Commission. What do y'all do there? Can I find, where, do y'all do something with the arts? What is it that you do? And the answer is, we are here to serve Mississippi and to be the funding source for the arts. We're here to provide grants, to provide opportunity, to help artists, to help organizations, um, to kind of, with that funding, with that knowledge, we're here to support you. Um, we're, we're not an art museum. Uh, we are not uh, creating anything. We're here to support you financially. So we have a lot of different opportunities out there for grants 
and um, funding. And if you go to our website, all of that information is there, arts.ms.gov. Arts.ms.gov, all of it. All of it's there. And, you know, I would say also, you know, something we offer of value other than the monetary awards is we, we offer a lot of programs. We offer a lot right. of, you know, professional development. So thank you, Ellie, for helping us get that information to everyone so that people can, can see what we're doing. And, and please do join in to all that we offer here at the Arts Commission. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your life as a creative person because you are a very creative person. What are your personal creative outlets? Oh, yes. I have several. Um, one that I do is knitting. Mm. I love to knit. It's a great stress relief, mm. and it's fun to create something. Uh, I've been knitting since I started at MPB. I actually learned while I was at MPB. Uh, there's a great group that gets together, or we we did, I guess, back then, um, on Wednesdays, and occasionally we still get together um, now. Uh, but I've, I learned how to knit. I love it. I also roller skate uh, until recently when I broke my ankle. But I am healing. It's, it's okay. <laughs> I am healing, and I cannot wait to get on uh, eight wheels again, hopefully in the spring. But I love to roller skate. I used to speed skate when I was in middle school, and uh, I've been skating for a long time. But I stopped as an adult and got back into it during the pandemic. So, so was, okay, so it was a couple of questions here. Was speed skating like a competition that you did? Yes. Like, like I picture like roller derby without pushing and stuff? Yes. Yes, it is. Wow. It was, uh, this was in Florida. They had a great community down there for, for roller skating and speed skating. And um, it's basically like what they do in the Olympics on ice, but instead it's on a regular roller skating floor. So it was just because I was picturing one of those like roller derby kind of round so oh thankfully got, no it no. was not round like that with the banks and all that it's no slants no slants. just like straight yes one side to the other yep just like when you're going to the roller rink it's the same floor what's a what's a good time like for you know like what's a good like what do you aim for to get ahead of the other person. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that, that was it for that me. Was it. I was like, I'm like, not even worried about time. Can I beat this other person? That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So how did you get back to it in the pandemic? Was it like an outside thing? Was it a big open skating rink? Like how did that? I happen? wish it had been a big open skating rink. <laughs> um, I just was skating in my garage. I bought some skates. Mm-hmm. I somehow lucked out and got the skates before they sold out. And oh, was that like a thing? That like, was a huge deal. Oh, like wow. they became a huge deal during the pandemic right at the beginning and the skates sold out nationwide. So I got lucky. I got my skates and then I started roller skating and really I was doing it because I needed an outlet and I was trying to get in shape. Hmm. I, between roller skating and walking, I lost over 40 pounds. Oh, that's amazing. And I was really happy with that. And then I made, gave myself a goal I had to be under a certain weight, and then I would buy a kayak. And I've never kayaked before at that point. And I did. I got to my goal that fall. And right before my birthday, my kayak came in, and I got to use it. Okay, so now you're kayaking. Now I'm kayaking, too. Yeah, That's cool. Yes, I love it. It's so nice to get out on Pilahatchee Bay and just be out there. I love going out there and just being with nature and watching you know, the animals and people and their yards, like just 
really peaceful. It's just lovely. I love it. Oh, that's very cool. So how, how do you connect those type of things with creativity? Because I do, I do think there's a huge amount of creativity in things like roller skating. I, I follow these roller skating guys on Instagram and it is like amazing dance like stuff. But how do you, how does that connect in your mind? It's for me, it's like dance yeah. in the sense I, I cannot roller skate without music. Mm. Like cannot. If I do, I fall. I have to have music or I'm falling over because it is a rhythm. It is a sport, but it's also a rhythm. Um, I would love to be a jam skater. Uh, which okay, is you can the, tell us about that. Sure. It's a lot of the folks that you're probably seeing on on Instagram, they are jam skating. They're like so they're dancing. Up and dance together. Yeah, they're syncing yeah. up, dancing, and doing a lot of footwork. Yeah. Yeah, that's jam skating. I have not mastered it i i can go in a circle really fast (laughs) and i can spin i can go backwards i can do a few things but some of the stuff that they're doing with their feet it requires so much core balance and strength within your like in places you never thought you needed strength i'm sure um it is a true athletic sport it is amazing i i'm working my way up and I'll have to do it again now that I've got an injury. Uh, but it it's creative because you are mm. dancing, you're listening to music a lot of the time. It's choreography. It's choreography. That's yeah. it. I have this this sweet friend in Memphis. Um, her name is Luella Marshall, and she she lives in a community that I did a lot of work with with young people uh, in Memphis. And she said, "You know what we need? Roller skating. That's what these kids need." She's like, "Back back in the day, we could roller skate." And I think she's onto something. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think she was talking about like the really cool, like what you're talking about, like the really, really cool roller skating. And it's so important. Those communities seem to be dying and they were really dying before the pandemic. And I feel like there has been this push to bring it back thanks mm. to this push to bring back roller skating that we've seen. And I hope those communities stick around and we see some, you know, more people trying to yeah help those communities it's great i want to go to like a like a competition where they're like dance skating kind of like the ice skating but you know on roller skates and they there are things all over the country that uh where people get together these communities that get together um and they have not necessarily competitions but like certain kind of skate nights and it's a blast that sounds so fun yeah and there's just so many opportunities out there to um you know local rinks just have these special nights where they have like uh a lot of times even the just people that are going there i've noticed they're just getting together and they're like oh hey let's meet up on this night Mm. and let's just skate together uh which is i think is great that's awesome well unfortunately we are we are coming close to our time it goes by so fast is there something coming up in the arts world in mississippi that you're particularly excited about I'm very excited about the Governor's Arts Awards, that it's coming up in February. Um, It's a great event. We honor multiple artists uh, from Mississippi that show excellence in their specialty area. Uh, The governor attends and awards these recipients. Um, It happens uh, now. It happens at the two museums. um, And we do air it on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. So you... You, our audience, also have a chance to check out these awards in February. And Ellie is going to keep you posted on everything leading up to the event. Ellie, thank you so much for being here today. 
Thank you for having me. I'm excited to see what's next for us at the Mississippi Arts Commission in the communications world. And thank you so much for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour. Remember to tune in each week for the Mississippi Arts Hour, a co-production of MPB Think Radio and the Mississippi Arts Commission. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners, so if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org. What is Chalkboard Chat? It's an MPB education podcast. It's a variety show providing information and resources for teachers, students, parents, guardians, and everyday people on various topics. It's learning something new with every publication. Chalkboard Chat. Find the podcast or listen from chalkboardchat.mpbonline.org.